The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Hello, hello, hello. It's a wonderful day. I think it's getting to be spring. It's very, very nice. And with spring, we start to think about how can I feel even better about my diet? How can I work without my unique metabolism to fit in to my clothing better? Or maybe... I want to just feel better about my diet. A lot of people think the diet for them is the keto diet because that is the diet du jour. And is that you? Have you ever suffered from like weight, constipation, brain fog, and mood problems? Is the keto diet for you? Have you ever had irritability? Problems with your skin, problems with cholesterol, heart disease in your family. Is the keto diet for you? If you've ever had problems with your weight and peculiar health issues, today's your day because we're going to discuss, is the keto diet for you? Isn't it for everyone? In today's world, it's very common to have people get on a diet and get on a bandwagon. And one of the biggest bandwagons, the most feistiest set of people, is the keto diet people. So we're going to find out today. We're going to teach you mind, body, and medical intuitive way of thinking with you and your health care team. How to find out is in this keto diet rage... Can you really lose the weight, keep it off, and stay healthy and sane? We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555 from within the U.S. and Canada. And remember, unityonlineradio.org is live, live every Wednesday from 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. East Coast time. And you can get on the show on your favorite podcast provider as well as join the live show with a question every Wednesday, Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. East Coast time. 
did a lot of research for this show. For everybody, everybody thinks ketones are such the mystique. Let's be very honest. I studied biochemistry a couple of years ago. I went all the way back again because I studied it in college and then I studied again in medical school and then I studied again in my PhD. Study, 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 study. I got tired of people saying they're acidic or, you know, the keto diet is for them. Why? 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 I wanted to know. So I went back and studied digestion, food, when you were well-fed, when you were on a fast, because remember now, fasts were all the rage about a year ago, and then when you are on something like a ketogenic diet. First of all, the first thing I learned is no matter what you eat, no matter what you eat, your body's going to break it down to glucose. So I love these people, with the exception of a ketone diet, which I'll get to in a second. So whether you have a mixture of protein, carbohydrate, and fat, and a regular ratio of them, your body's going to convert them like a shell game to glucose, because that's what you're buying when you have a regular array of calories like that. It lives on glucose. That's the way it does, because your body can mix and match amino acids, um, fatty acids from fat, um, various glucose molecules from carbohydrates, it likes to mix and match them. And the the standard currency is glucose, like dollars in the United States, dollars in Canada, euros, and so on. The currency in the body is usually glucose. And so you can take it and transform it and make amino acids. So if you want to make protein muscles, then you can mix it and match it in the glycerol chains and make fat and store it. But basically speaking, glucose is the building block. And what you do is you eat glucose and amino acids, protein and fat. They go to your liver and the liver does everything. It's like a master chef. It takes the glucose, it can make it fat. It takes the amino acids, it can make fat from it. And it takes the fat, and it can make fat. <laughs> Everything can come fat. Fat, fat, fat. If you eat too much, you can make fat. However, if you immediately eat less, less, less calories, your standard fast, your body starts to, believe it or not, eat your muscles. So we know that. You break down protein in your muscles. And why is a gut fast, a colon fast, a colon fast? Because it takes your muscles and it breaks down the protein of them into alanine. And the alanine, excuse me, and the glutamine And the glutamine from your muscles goes to your bowel wall and it transforms the bowel wall cells, the enterocytes, into alanine. And by the glutamine transforming alanine, it recycles the enterocytes. It does something to them. And that, I think, is what we call your standard gut cleanse. 
because you're radically lowering your calories. And by doing that, you're not delivering enough calories to the liver. So your body starts taking muscle, breaking it down via glutamine, and it resets the lining of your GI tract and transforms the glutamine to alanine, which then goes back to your liver. And there we go, and then it becomes glucose, and then we have something to make our brain work. However, that said, what happens if you really, 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 really change it? And that's the ketone diet. So it's not a cleanse anymore. You know, the coffee, the coffee cleanse with the lemon, and you know the whole thing. This is different. This is high fat, 50%, severely restricting carbohydrates, where 60 to 80% of your calories is fat. And this is by a Mayo Clinic specialist. And he doesn't poo-poo ketones. No poo-pooing the ketones. He just simply says what it is. He says it has moderate protein, high fat, low carb. Less than 50 carbs a day. 50 grams of carbs a day. Originally in the 1920s, it was done for epilepsy. I did it. I used it for epilepsy in the 80s. I've had people tell me who are rabid about ketones, genetic diet. They say, you don't know about ketogenic diet. I said, I do know about ketogenic diet. said, so you don't know about it because there's a new ketogenic diet. Oh, stop it. Ketosis is ketosis. There's something about the ketogenic diet that makes people rabid. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Of all the diets, I remember the carbohydrate-static diet. I've seen every single diet, including the grapefruit diet I was first on. When I was 12, and incidentally, grapefruit does actually have grapefruit. I'm not saying a diet, but grapefruit in itself, if you drink a cup of it, a certain amount of time, you can look this up. I think it's a half an hour before you eat. It actually has some interference with insulin and can affect if you have a problem with insulin and glucose. Suffice it to say, we keep gluco- uh, we keep grapefruit juice on, on uh, stock in my house because we have a problem with insulin and diabetes in my family. But suffice it to say, I was on ketogenic diet. But there's something about specifically about ketogenic diets and people and how rabid they are. Once in the Today Show, somebody said something negative about a ketogenic diet, and people were hurt who were some of the staff there who were on TV. They went ape. It was unbelievable. And I think because I think it's something different to the brain. They are rabid. Yes, the Mayo Clinic specialist says it can help you lose weight. It's been used for people who really have endurance for exercise. And when I was really serious, serious had really serious epilepsy, it was really serious in the 80s, I was doing endurance exercises. Most people's bodies work on glucose. On a ketogenic diet, you use ketones and fatty acids. People forget the fatty acid issue. And that's important because people in their family, if they're genetically predisposed to fatty acid problems like cholesterol, LDL, these are all fatty acid issues. That's how your body makes from fatty acids. They make cholesterol, LDL, triglycerides, all that stuff. These are fatty acid issues. They frequently can't do the ketogenic diet, 
because they watch the cholesterol go up. People will argue, they will argue, and they'll say that's not true. They weren't doing it right. Well, you know what? You weren't with them, so you don't know. The other thing that people say is they go to this center. You have to have somebody help you. And the thing is, is it's just like any other drug company. If somebody has a economic investment in a diet, then they're not giving you a clear, they have a conflict of interest. I have no economic interest in any diet. I don't make interest. I don't make meals. I don't have some kind of wheel or coin or network. I don't. So I can just tell you, you need to figure out what works for you and do it in participation with practitioners in your area. Suffice it to say, people forget they say it's a ketone diet. It's not just ketone. It's ketone and fatty acid. So it can work for weight loss, but the average person can't keep it up. But the average people who listen to my show are not average. The other thing is the most people who use this successfully are athletes, long-distance athletes. But they also often, after a while, need carbs for energy. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people end up not staying athletes, not staying on the ketogenic diet, because they feel a craving in their head, yes, head, for carbs. Not a large carbs, not a banana split, I want to have a huge dish of french fries carbs. I'm talking like a half of a glass of grapefruit juice or a half a glass of orange juice, which you give with a diabetic. You would say, but why do you need that? You have the ketones. I don't know. All I know is as an athlete, sometimes you need sugar. And the studies suggest that because that's why some endurance athletes don't stay on it. You have to find out what works for you. Like any other bus route, when the bus route doesn't work for you anymore, you get off the bus. And so as long as it works for you under the care of a physician or other practitioner, you stay on it. They say, they say, who are they, that the evidence of it being safe in the long term is not there, with the exception of epileptics. Are you an epileptic? The key is an epileptic brain and their blood sugar is very different. And I can tell you, I can tell you, it is. It also is not really great if you have constipation, 10 poor headaches, because without those vegetables, you can't get enough roughage. They say you do beans and nuts, but if you have GI tract problems, you can't do it. I can't do it. I couldn't do it. If you, gave, if you had a gun to my head and said, eat these seeds and beans, couldn't do it. Could not do it. The second thing is, they say you might not get micronutrients. I'm sure if you worked with those centers, they'd figure out a way of shoving them in you. The point of the matter is, you have to figure out what's right for you. But I'll tell you, I wonder, under the influence of ketones for a long period of time, it does make you rabid about a lot of things, not just the diet. I'm telling you, I was on this diet before. There's a reason why people get off of it. I'm just telling you, they say it makes you calm. I don't know. I crave the carbs. And ketones are supposed to make you calm. I still, as an endurance athlete, needed the carb. It's not like I wanted it in my body. I wanted it in my head. I'm Dr. Molise, and we're talking about, is the keto diet for you? Only you and your practitioner can tell. Remember now, 
If you want to know more about the solutions today show, you want to go to my Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, or Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. If you can't get on the line today and you want a private reading, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com, or call 207-846-6475. Where am I going to be next? If you're interested in learning medical intuition, how to heal mind, body, and soul, I'll learn how to perfect your intuition. I have a seven-day class every year, every year in July. It's a summer camp. Bring your skivvies, bring your bathing suit. I have it. And so seven days, seven days is a week in Maine. We don't have these five-day weeks. That's for just lightweights. So go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com. We will go to line one. Lisa, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Line one, Lisa, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi, uh, thank you for taking my call. Yes, um, how can I'm, I be of help? I'm a diabetic and I have been trying to lose weight. Um, I did a program that is sort of mini keto. Okay, first of all, let's keto. start. Let's start. Wait a minute. Let's start from the very beginning. Okay. Whenever you have a problem with blood vessels that can affect kidneys, that can affect your heart, right then and there, H-E-A-R-T, any extreme in diet is a deal. Have you ever been to a gas station? They have three pumps. Well, they have, uh, you got the 87 octane you got the 89 octane and you got the 91 octane you know what i mean regular medium and yeah. ultra okay yeah and i often think of that as a diet for a car you know what i mean <laughs> i'm serious okay. what kind of diet can your car take can it take the regular does it take the medium or does it need the high octane okay the key is if you got a fun, and then sometimes people do something stupid, and I've heard of this on, on Judge Judy. They go over by accident. And I don't know how they manage this, but they jam it in. They go over and get diesel, right? And right. they're going to get that diesel pump in their car, even though their car engine is not a diesel. Do you get it? So yeah. now we've got four different types of fuel for a car. And if you look on the road, not all the cars look the same. And you can't always tell what's a regular, a medium, or a high octane, or even a diesel. Right. And I heard one person on Judge Judy, where the kid borrowed the next-door neighbor's car, and I don't know what he was thinking. Maybe he was smoking something. He stuck diesel in the car. And and unfortunately, they have the uh, handle you're not even late. the pipe is not even able to get into the tube, but for whatever reason he held it over and the gas, the diesel gas went in the tank and it completely killed the car. I say that to you, Lisa, to you. Okay. And that is is I don't know what kind of diabetic you are. I don't know what level of insulin resistance you are, and I don't know how it's affected your pipes. Yes, your pipes and your engine. Think of your engine as your heart. Okay? Right. And the pipes connected to it as your blood vessels, both to your carriage, your spine, 
and your kidneys and your brain. I don't know if it's type 1 autoimmune or type 2 later on in life. I have no idea. And worse yet, I don't know how many miles are on their car. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, okay? I don't know if you have end organs damage from all the miles, whether you have some problems a little bit with your kidneys, you know what I mean, with your eyes and so on. And so, therefore, you can't fool around with the gas. Do you get it? I have a friend who's had a kidney transplant. Now, that's obvious. So you take your extreme of I'm a diabetic, and we're talking about ketones, okay? Right. So uh, would you agree that a person who's had a kidney transplant that involves problems with pH, acid, electrolytes, okay, would yep. we, when she, if she were to call this show and say, I'm thinking of the ketone diet, if that doesn't make you run shrieking out of the room, <laughs> no, what does? Because, right. because I know you're saying, yeah, but no, I'm going to explain why. Because they keep those people with their protein so ticklish. They measure how much protein those people take in and out. Not to mention fluid balance and all this other stuff. Potassium and all that stuff. And you think that that's crazy, right? That I'm bringing that up as an example. But what happens to diet? I know you don't. What happens to (laughs) diabetes with their kidneys? Diabetics with their kidneys? Oh, they have kidney damage. Thank you. Thank you. And so therefore, you're like, I'm a diabetic. I'm thinking about that. No, there's no thinking. (laughs) Okay. Do you get why? Yeah. Because once you say diabetic, once you say diabetic, though I know you may want to lose weight, that may confound your diabetes, there are lots of other types of diets or food plans is the way I'd rather call it than ketogenic. Okay. Do you get it? Yeah. But I'm just curious because you're smart. You know you have diabetes. Why would you ask about the ketone diet then, knowing that it causes, it could affect, that you could have problems with your kidneys, and it's high protein, Um, well, low carb. But anyway, go ahead. uh, Everybody says that it works. I'm just trying to get a jump start on That's exactly, okay, good. Everybody says it works. That's the point. Right. Everybody, it says it works, but not everybody has the same body. Right. You ever heard that song? I was born in the 60s. Everybody loves somebody sometime. And now I'm going to get right. in trouble. Well, yeah, everybody no loves somebody sometime. Everybody doesn't love everybody. Right. And specifically, ketones don't love everybody sometimes. That's the problem is people tout it as a panacea or a panacea, depending on if you have a reading problem. For everybody, and it doesn't. Do you get it? And it's dangerous. Yeah. And they'll say, it's not dangerous. Well, you know, they're not really thinking about the diabetics. No, no, they're not. And I don't even I know for sure if you were cardiologist, because they don't say ketones and fatty acids. They kind of keep that last part off because it makes ketones and fatty acids. Right. And I don't know if those fatty acids increase, congeal via your liver 
to cholesterol. Some people say it increases the cholesterol. Do you get it? Yeah. And that's been a concern. And diabetics have an increased risk for, call it out when you kidney know it, you, kidney disease, but also heart disease. Right. right? right. So right. that's two, two, two reasons. So let me ask you a question after you talk to your, call your doctor about this question, right? Mm. What I've other food plant, what other food plans might help you instead that could preserve your kidneys and preserve your heart? What other meal plans? Um, my carbs down and increase my protein but not to the point of um the, Mediter- no the mediterranean diet the other thing is the other okay. thing is aerobic exercise but if you get to a same a, a big enough size for every 10 pounds you're overweight it puts 40 pounds gravity on a lower extremity especially a knee or an ankle and that worsens it so the best right. thing you can do is to go to a bariatric center at a major teaching hospital. What okay. state are you in? What, you're in Maryland. So where's the biggest one? Case, uh, not Case. Johns Hopkins, one of those places? Right. And ask them, what would be the best meal plan for you, given your size, meal slash exercise, with group support and weekly check-ins? Do you understand? That's the most important thing. You can't do it alone. I guarantee you, you can't. Do you get it? Good luck. You take it easy. Thank you. We will go to line two. Peggy, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Um, Good afternoon, Dr. Mona Lisa. Um, Thank you for taking my call. I want you to know we have one minute. You're going to stay on the line because we're going to go to break. But anyway, I just want to hear your question so I can think about it. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, I have tried the keto and I ended up with high cholesterol and I'm constantly okay. trying. So you'll understand it's the keto and fatty acid diet. Do you get it? Because the yes. fatty acids help make cholesterol. See how they're saying keto diet? Yes. Because it's easy to say than keto and fatty acids. Right. Do you get it? Right. Yes. Um, so I deemed that not to be the best, but I'm constantly trying all these different extreme things and it, um, I, I don't, I'm healthy. Let me give you an example. Do you know how they're calling people? I did not know this because they didn't explain it. Do you know how they're calling people Latinx these days? Do you know where that came from? No. It's because, first of all, I am Lat. Because they usually call people Latino and Latina. And now they want to remove the gender from it. So they call it Latinx. Did you know that? They mm-hmm. don't explain it. So keto is keto and fatty acids we're going to you that's the music you know what that means we're going to come back you're listening to healthy living intuitively with dr mona lisa you're listening to unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. 
Welcome back. You know what we're talking about. We're talking about is the keto diet for you. Today's show has been dedicated to everybody is not the same. Everybody, everybody is not the same. And we've learned that some people's ketone diet works for for a time. And sometimes it stops working. If you want to know more about this concern, you want to go to your nearest practitioner or go to a nutritionist or a specialist on ketone diet, but ask several of your practitioners if they agree. Because some people who are specialists in ketone diets, that's what they recommend. And so you need a well-rounded second and third opinion. Remember now, you are a consumer, you own your body, and you have to be fully informed. We will go back to line two. Peggy, I'm Dr. Marisa. How can I be of help? Um, yes. So we were discussing that I have done keto. I've also done the intermittent fasting. I've tried vegan, and I think um, I yeah, the first have thing, a... Let me, just say, let me just say something. The other thing okay. that people don't realize is they think that weight is just weight is about food, and it isn't. Years ago, dietitians just say that weight was about calories, calories, calorie out, and it's not. It's about a lot of other things. And then people started to say, well, you know, stress. Stress is like saying, what are we having for dinner tonight? Food. <laughs> it's a little right. bit, we need to know what is it about our lives, because sometimes, independent of what we eat, we seem to gain weight. And one of the things that we've learned is some people say it doesn't matter. Some studies say it doesn't matter. Some studies say it does. The intermittent fasting is how to what length of time do you eat? I'm a full believer in that, well, first of all, where I live, the garbage, they pick the garbage up on Monday mornings. So I put my garbage cans out when the cans arrive. The key is we want to do the same thing when we eat. We want to eat when cortisol and insulin are highest. I think that's kind of what the intermittent fasting is all about. And we want to eat less when it's lowest. Our bodies have a biorhythm that certain hormones are up for certain activities and down for others. For example, when you need to have a bowel movement, your brains and bodies are more programmed to have them. You got it in the morning after breakfast. It's not just, oh, that's a good time to have it. I'll think I'll, you know, try to have it during that time. No, your brain and body is programmed for that. And if you put food in your abdomen at that time, i.e. breakfast, it starts a reflex called the gastrocolic reflex. You put food in your stomach, it's like flushing the toilet, it opens up your colon and bingo, bango. One of the biggest ways of gaining weight is constipation, meaning not going to the bathroom. So if you eat breakfast, gastrocolic reflex, you go to the bathroom. That is promoting weight loss. A lot of people say I don't want to eat breakfast. 
that's too bad from my perspective because if you want to lose weight, you eat it when cortisol and insulin is high, and then you eat it before your bowel movements are programmed. Mind you, bowel movements are inhibited at night, at 10.30 at night. And guess what? Some people are night eaters. Bad, very bad, because what you eat is more likely to hang out, have you ever noticed, in your chest and stomach, only to wake up and have this big chunk of stuff right in front of you. And then you say, I'm not hungry anymore because I had a big meal last night, and there we go. No gastrocolic reflex and so on and so on. And so then the intermittent fasting is is another thing, which is something I call bowel rest. That if you eat breakfast, you eat a bigger a big breakfast, a big lunch, and a tiny dinner, but like four or five. As a result, that's like an extended intermittent fast. It's like 15 to 16 hours. By doing that, you have a prolonged period of time where you don't put any food in your colon, especially when your body and brain are programmed not to have bowel movements. As a result of that, you have, well, the cafeteria is closed and insulin and cortisol goes down. Therefore, you don't eat when your body is not delivering hormones that have to do with food and energy expansion, getting rid of it. And so that's why I think the intermittent fasting things works because in the morning I take out the trash when the garbage trucks come and I don't take them out when they're not coming. I eat them when cortisol and and epinephrine is high and when my brain and body thereafter are going to empty out the trash, meaning have a bowel movement. So um, Peggy, that's my point. Are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, I'm listening. So when I look at you, I see that you're missing a problem with a relationship in your life and a family that disrupted the normal connection between your brain and your body and your colon. And this is another thing that some people are sensitive to problems and chaos in a family. They're more likely to have blood sugar problems, weight problems, insulin problems, When there's chaos and drama in a family, you pick it up and you carry it in your body in the form of a body body image problem, often weight, anorexia, bulimia, diabetes, and digestive problems. And when people stop talking about the problem, everybody else's cortisol and insulin goes down, but yours, the stress hormones, goes up and your weight goes up. And so you leave that family your body, your metabolism is more sensitized to problems in the air, especially conflicts. Especially parentify people in charge. The thing is, is you're more likely to see someone in the most positive light and put a blind eye of their difficult sight, but your body won't lie to you. They'll pick up this undercurrent. And you'll carry that conflict in your body. What happened in your family growing up? What conflict was going on that people didn't want to talk about it? Um, there, there was a lot of conflict. I have talked to you before, and I, it, it definitely was. I have an older sister who, um, you know, she has mental illness, and she's 
uh, unstable. And in fact, uh, since I've talked to you, uh, my parents have passed and I'm like her trustee. Okay. I have that's to. All way that women. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Is that growing up, see, growing up, you used to carry and feel all the unspoken feelings going on between your parents and your sister. And your brain and body became a receptacle for that stress. And you tried to fix it. And now that your parents are gone, you think that that's your job to carry the conflict? How old is your sister? She is 59, going on 60 this year. Perfect. I love it when a game plan comes together. I'm going to go next to your physical body, but I'm going to tell you that this is not, even though you may have promised your parents that you would take care of your sister, it is not a a task that is life-promoting. It's not secure for your sister. So if we're just thinking about her needs, it's, it's not going to work. And the reason is, is because if something happens to you, who will be there for her? Yeah, I have another older sister, but she wants nothing to do with her. I don't. That's my point. It doesn't matter. Yeah. My point is, is that suppose your sister is gone. She's gone. And she's nobody's. If you die, who will take care of the sister, your handicapped sister? And the answer is, in your mind, if I don't do this, this won't get done. I'll speed it up for you. I have to do it because no one's going to do it, right? That's what you say, right? Right. But if you right. die of the aftermath of overextension and making your whole life about your sister. The detriment of that will make you predecease your sister. Then who will take care of her? Yeah, well, I have a daughter, but I wouldn't no, wish no, that no, on no, her. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. You don't want to do that, do you? You want to do it to your no. daughter, but you want to do it to yourself. The key is, this is not life-sustaining. Any more than building a house on one corner, one brick. You don't want to build your sister's life on one person. Have you ever heard the phrase, it takes a village? Right, yeah. It's not, it takes a sister or a daughter. It takes a village. Right. Your daughter, that was a pun intended, your sister needs social services, a community service. Why do you think they call it local mental health center? And the answer would be that your parents probably said, no daughter of mine, right? Well, what do you think is going to happen if you die? She's going to go to local social services. Right. Well, she was homeless before. I mean, she I, did I, did you, But yeah. you didn't get what I'm saying. Yeah, she'll saying end up. My point is, is that if you die, she'll go to social services anyway, because I know, because my first patient as a medical student, was someone who had no family and thought she was 1974 and Kennedy was the president. And I know I'm not that old. Kennedy was not the president when I was a medical student. Enough with the wise-ass comments. The point of matter <laughs> is, your sister runs the risk of being homeless again and being right. back with social services. You are not helping any matter by being a martyr. Martyrs always die. I look at your head. I see a problem with pressure in your blood vessels. 
even if you can't feel them, it feels like there's a tightness in your head. I can't feel it, figure out if it's a dull headache. It especially feels that way at night when you're trying to get to sleep. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. In the past, I saw a capacity to make antibodies against your thyroid gland, antibodies that make it hard for you to have stable thyroid function. Some areas there were affected in the way, way, way past. It's stable. I look at your heart. You understand when not having a physician-patient relationship, I'm not giving you a diagnosis, prescribing treatment, or doing yes. psychotherapy. I look at your heart. Yes. Somebody in your family had a problem with some of the small arteries in their heart that involved some kind of treatment with rearranging arteries. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast, esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder. I wonder at times whether you have right upper quadrant pain in your abdomen. You wonder if you have problems with tolerating fats or oils. I wonder if your liver stores fat, oils, and carbs. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I see a capacity for abdominal distension, bloating, and a capacity to have pockets in your bowel, areas of, areas of out-pocketing. These can be made worse with things that are pickled. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, red ovary, and cervix if you still have them. I see fatigue, dragginess, melancholy, sadness, a heaviness that wears on both ankles, right versus left, your lower back and right hip. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Um, it, well, mainly just that I'm always trying to diet and trying to lose weight. But overall, I'm not overweight, and I, I exercise every day. And in general, I'm, I'm healthy. Um, I have had tragic loss. So I had a son who passed away, and I do carry a lot of sadness. Um, and, and that's just something that's every day, which... Even though I have my sister issues, um, it tends that's to kind of... That's a big deal because you can't turn the loss of a son into taking care of a sister. And if anything, yeah. you're being a martyr about the situation coupled with your grief about the loss of your son will make you collapse your grief into isolating yourself in the management of your sister, kind of like being a acquired social worker. You can't do it. You have to get somebody, right. a group kind of situation with a counselor where you interact with other people that helps you with your grief, your sadness, your depression, and helps you start to socialize with other people. Do you understand? Otherwise, yes, you'll, I use do. Your, you'll use your taking care of your sister like Maria in The Sound of Music running back to the Abbey. You know what happened to her. Mother Superior said, Marie, you can't hide behind these walls of the Abbey. And then she sang, cry, right. climb every mountain, and then, you know, it went from there. And I'm not going to sing, climb every mountain on this radio show. <laughs> well, really, lose listeners. 
Do you get it? I I I, I hear you. I understand, and I'm so Can grateful. Can I ask you a Thank question? You what much. did your parents What did your parents die of? Um, my father had prostate cancer, and he passed first, and then my mom passed next, and she had, I believe, a stroke. Um, but I was with both of them. I found my mom. How I was. How old was your mother? Uh, my mother was 80, and my father was just over 80 as well. It's not good for your blood vessels to be this sad. You need to do coenzyme Q10, but you also need to aggressively treat your depression. Because the sadness equals inflammation in the small vessels of your brain. Do you understand? Right, yes. This yes. is not good. Talk to somebody. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. Show, you call. We will go to line. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Line one, okay. and I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi, um, it's uh, it's Anne, and I've had a lot of weight gain due to um, I've had my thyroid removed, and I'm on um, a lower dose now of thyroid pills, and I'm gaining a lot of weight. And so I'm just wondering how I can get my metabolism back up and control the weight gain, or what's behind it, um, so I can get that back in balance because I'm. I'm definitely, uh, things have changed a lot. And it's... The first thing I see, because I'm going to try to finish this before, is you understand every illness is always important due to diet, genetics, the environment. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the thyroid is involved, but a lot of people gain more weight than was related to just the thyroid. Okay. And you might wonder what was going on that messed your thyroid up a lot of times people don't realize that excess body fat in itself, because it has excess estrogen, because that's related to fat, can actually affect thyroid production. That's the work of John Lee. So you need okay. to know that having extra weights, which has extra estrogen, can in fact block thyroid function. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that there's a connection between excess estrogen that affects breasts and excess estrogen that affects thyroids. So if you had excess weight that influenced your thyroid growth, that you had to take it out. And the question would be whether excess weight and estrogen could affect your breasts. Which brings me to third and fourth center. I see someone you're supposed to nurture that's very difficult. I see someone who is kind of emotionally unstable and it makes it hard for you to do your work. This person is either competitive, irritating, and though they have a good heart, it's very hard to work your way around them. And they repeat like a pattern that you used to have in your family of origin. Mm. The person likes to be in control all the time. Who do you live with? Uh, my boyfriend. How long have you lived with your boyfriend? Uh, about six months. Who did you live with when you lost your thyroid? My kids. More or less. Part-time. Part-time, but... Who's the person in the family that tried to call everything, call the shots and everything, who's like mentally a little bit unhinged? My ex. Maybe my daughter? It's your daughter. Mm. It was a girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why I threw in that has a good heart. Because mm-hmm. being a mother, 
you have a hard time <laughs> recognizing her. So, you know, it's like saying, bless your heart. That's what the people in the South say. Yes. So I say, has a good heart. <laughs> How old is that daughter? Um, 16. She's not now, right? You asked how old she was then? Um, about 16, I think. This is a problem. And the problem is it, it rips your heart out because you can't talk to her. That's the medical intuition, the thyroid. But being around mm-hmm. someone who's angry like that makes you anxious and you walk on eggshells. And that anxiety increases your chance toward your adrenal gland, taking whatever fat you do have, converting it via progesterone to excess cortisol and excess estrogen. The estrogen would affect your thyroid and your breasts. The cortisol would go to the nearby pancreas, and the stress of which could increase insulin and uh, metabolism issues. Are you following me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anger is the most weightogenic emotion, meaning mm-hmm. people gain yeah. weight. Every time I was in call in the psych unit, it was good for three pounds, no matter what I ate. <laughs> I would go up and downstairs, up and downstairs. I did everything, thinking, oh, you know, I'll lose weight. Nope, three pounds every single mm. time. How is your daughter doing now? Great, and I feel like our relationship's great. So I'm just wondering, is it the boyfriend or is it the daughter still? So the boyfriend, this recreates the family. So someone else in your life is mentally unhinged. So you're going to look your way around because somehow you have a great capacity to understand someone and Mm -hmm. work your way around their mental foibles. Okay. What's your boyfriend's temperament? And I know he has, wait for it, a good heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty pretty calm most of the time. We just have some different, um, you know, some different... Um... Tell me what the non-times are. You say most of the time. Um, it, again, it, it's, it's, it, it's pretty easy, just some disagreements on some basic living things. But What, um, what are the disagreements? Food. <laughs> but I eat my oh. own. And um, wait, 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 that's a big thing. Flexibility in a lot of people who try to lose weight and eat a certain way often get sabotaged by a mate. Mm, okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Because if you change the gut thin, you might leave them. There's all this dynamic. Mm, mm-hmm. So they fall in love with you when you're a certain weight. And they might feel threatened if you get thin. So you might wonder why they would be less cooperative right away. So there was a way in which you said some basic living issues. But it was really, um, you know, I eat special diet Mm -hmm. because of my bowel issue. And for the last several years, I used to eat just an apple and peanut butter. And now I eat very little at dinner, partly because it's like that intermittent fast, but partly because I have a bowel condition that I can't. I'll get obstructed. Mm-hmm. Do you know, every single person I know goes out of their way during that time to have me an apple on a plate with peanut butter. Everybody else was eating their meal. I felt just great to be around people. They gave me my apple and my peanut butter, and I was just grateful to be there. Nobody 
tried to get me to eat something else or gave me guff. Do you know how good mm-hmm. that felt? It, it certainly gives me some things to think about, yes. Yeah. Yes, it better make you give you things to think about because I felt yeah. really loved and I felt very understood. Mm-hmm. And before I arrived in their house, they said, now what do you need in the house? I want to make sure you're taken care of. You eat orange juice, you eat low-fat milk, and what is it? And they made sure I had exactly what I needed. Okay, yeah. Do you get it? I do, yeah. So there's something mm-hmm. wrong here. Mm-hmm. And that means that this is same doll, different dress. Do you get what I'm saying to you? Oh, yes, very much so. Is this a pattern before your daughter? There was someone else in your family who was this way? No, because, I mean, I've, I was didn't have a weight issue for, for up until recently since the, we've adjusted the medication for these um, thyroid and COVID and so on and doing less exercise, but still. Let me say it another way. Were you the person in the family that took care of everybody and, you know, your needs kind of went in the back burner? Yep. That's the chakra, self-esteem responsibility. So the people around you, often enough in this pattern, you took care of their needs, their moods, their responsibility, and yours were on the back burner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's why I don't care if it's weight now. It could have been digestion before. It could have been anything else in the third center. Sure. Okay. Do you understand Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Did you have, what kind of health problems did you have growing up? We're about to end. Um, Nothing really until, until later with the thyroid. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, if we have more time, I'd Mm -hmm. pick it up. What's that? If If we have more more time, time, if we had more time, I'd get to the bottom of it and there would be something. I want to thank you for welcoming me to your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.